You're listening to the Main Boys to Men podcast, a podcast dedicated to lifting the voices of young people and engaging youth around topics of gender and violence prevention. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. My name's Aiden. I am 17, and I'm passionate about teaching young men about masculinity. Hi, I'm Grace Abbott, and I just graduated high school. I'm 18 years old. Hi, I'm Satchel Kaplan. I am 17 years old, and I go to Maine Coast Waldorf School in Freeport. Hi, I'm Maggie Mater. I am 21 years old. I've been working with Maine Boys to Men for a little over three years. This podcast episode will be focused on neuromasculinity and how it affects our political system and the response to the COVID-19 pandemic. In addition, we'll be talking about how young men deal with feelings of anxiety in a world that so much more than usual is unknown. So when I think of narrow masculinity, um, a trait associated with that is always wanting to feel like you're in charge and completely in control of the situation. And especially with the COVID-19 pandemic, we're seeing that actually nobody is really in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. So it can become toxic when uh, narrow masculinity affects someone so they think that they are above this virus. They think that they don't have to follow guidelines put in place to keep people safe. When I think of narrow masculinity, I think of the social norm norm that boys are not allowed to express their emotions and that they're not allowed to cry or really say how they feel or be upset or be anything but tough and strong and I think that those things you know allow anger to build up and resentment and bitterness and that's when you know more harmful effects of narrow masculinity can really come into play yeah, I think that uh, just going back to something that Satchel said about, I believe it was Satchel, about how one of the key characteristics around narrow masculinity is the uh, wish to feel in control and how that really only leads um, in the long term to to anxiety, especially right now. It's really hard to feel in control. Thinking about six months ago, I had a full, thorough picture of what my six months to year to two years down the road would look like, and and then that all got shattered. And I think that it's really important sometimes to accept that you're not in control, and I think that personally it's been really important for me to sort of recognize that I'm not in control, to sort of stave off those feelings of of anxiety. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really think it's just anxiety, it's, it could be a lot of loneliness and isolation if um, young men don't talk about their emotions and how they're feeling with people who they trust. Um, To have that sort of relationship and vulnerability with someone is very important. Yeah, and if if they're not raised from a young age to know that having emotions is okay, then they learn to stuff those down and they don't learn how to reach out and ask for help. And during this time, so much of what is getting people through it is reaching out for help to their friends and family. 
there's so much pressure on young men to just figure it out and be okay. I definitely think that, yeah, in our society, like, the way that we raise boys definitely teaches them, like Maggie was saying, not to express those feelings of anxiety, and I totally see that in my own life. Like, I can just see the way that the differences between when I hang out with my guy friends and my girlfriends, like, just the varying ways that they um, talk about what's going on right now and just how little my guy friends talk about it. So, yeah, regarding our current pandemic, men are more likely to not acknowledge that they're sick and they do wait longer to get help. So this does lead to the disproportionate um, age of death in men versus women. Um, it's it's an average of 10 years younger. Wow. That is crazy. That's so sad that like men are dying 10 years younger than women just because they've been raised in a world where they're, they're taught certain habits and that they have to perform a certain way that's actually causing them to die. 80% of suicides are, are men, and men are much more likely... Yeah, and you have to think about where that comes from. Right, and that is... Com- yeah, it's not a coincidence right. that the uniting factor is their perceived gender. So if 80% of suicide is by men, then you could go into the deepest rabbit hole of how that even comes to be in terms of if you're raised to not show your emotions, if you're raised to hold in tears and not show when you're upset and not learn ways to cope with your anxiety, and if you have no ways to know how to handle when you're upset and you live your life like that for a long time, that builds up and builds up and builds up. And if we can start to you know, break down that cycle, maybe we could change that statistic. You, you use the word circle or cycle a lot, and it really is that vicious cycle that takes monumental effort to escape. The best and most important thing that everyone, all of us, can start to do to begin to break out of this vicious cycle is to just have conversations such as these. Something that Grace said a little while back about her friends in the pandemic just sparked a thought in me. I was I was thinking about uh, my beginning of the pandemic, and I was I was obsessed with like capitalizing off it, getting as much from this time as I could. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at that now as maybe it was a coping mechanism. I like mm-hmm. I threw myself into every aspect. I just started reading books. I started working out. I started I taught myself piano. I'm not a musician, and looking back at it, it might have just been a coping mechanism. All right, we're back in. Thank so you I kind of want to ask Satchel and Aiden here if they themselves or have witnessed any of their friends personally reaching out, and if so, to whom? Yeah, so um, I have this very close friend who um, he hasn't been doing the best recently, and especially during this outbreak and this isolation period and I've noticed that he he would come to me it it was a very healthy way to reach out he'd be like hey boys um I'm not feeling great so you know it's because of this it's because of this and we wouldn't always get into why in the specifics 
but we would always tell him like we are here for you we love you that's awesome um anytime you need anything hit us up but yeah i don't i don't think we really needed to dive deep into every one of um our friend's problems we just as long as he knew that we were there for him and that we loved him i think he felt a a connection and i think that that keeps him going yeah and i definitely think that a lot of people think that that's like not valuable to just say i love you and i'm here for you they think it's cliche repetitive or whatever but i actually i think it, i totally agree that it's means so much more than people realize until you hear it I think you'd be surprised how many people have not heard that very mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. which is yeah. sad, but... Yeah, like, we think it's such a basic. Right. From my experience, when I've had bouts with anxiety in my life, it, it's not like it's a, just change this. You have to just know that everybody in your life is there for you and they love you. And, then, uh, and I think that some people, myself included at times in my life, would think that, why would you just say, like... There's no substance to I'm here for you and I love you, but I think that I think that actually it might be one of the most substantive things that you can say. Um, let's zoom out. Let's talk about the uh, the national or global way that that toxic masculinity is affecting our government and and country. But because so many men are in the, the greatest positions of power, it's really easy to see the way that narrow masculinity is reflected on a larger scale. Almost kind of makes me think of how our current president is handling the situation in terms of like, I haven't seen much remorse or emotion from him in terms of the death rate and the stress that the country is under in general. And you can definitely see a lot of examples of narrow masculinity within just that system alone. And just the basic disacknowledgement of real coronavirus statistics in the country saying things like, oh, America, we're doing amazing. We're, we're doing so great when the numbers clearly are not showing that we're doing well. Seems to be pretty clear denial. Like, Let's just not test people and the problem will go away. Um, and I can definitely think of examples um, in narrow masculinity where just one might ignore the problem until it explodes and kills millions of Americans. Or you, like, hurts, drink and then... Hurts the people around you. Right. Yeah, or yourself. or yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You can tie in the way that our society raises male-identified people with the way that our president has reacted to this loss of control. And honestly, not even really that he's fully aware that it is a loss of control because he's in complete denial that it's happening in the first place. Not being able to handle that is like a good example of the fact that we don't raise boys to have the toolbox to deal with anxiety or not being in control of the situation. Right. I mean, the the example of the president and how he's handling this situation and loss of control of the country is a large, huge example, but you can trickle it all the way back down to 
potentially how he grew up, but not even just him, just, like, men in general that are in power. How we were talking about how men maybe feel like it's harder for them to ask for help because they don't really know how to express their emotions, or some might not know, or might not feel like they should, or, like, they'll be listened to, or, like, anyone wants to listen to them, or, like, they should even show that, um, and that definitely is reflected as well on our current president because he has these advisors, these scientists, doctors, people who have the facts and the numbers and are there to advise him um and he fired them before the pandemic even started and then now that he really needs them is still ignoring them um and you can just see how if if our president had just maybe worn a mask as he was asked to or had listened to his advisors or had said I don't really know I'm not an expert here I don't know like if he had just said if he could say, I don't know, mm-hmm. if he could admit that he doesn't understand, doesn't know how to be in control of the situation because he's not a, a health professional, if he could just admit that he needed help, things would be so much better for our country right now. We mm-hmm. could, this pandemic could actually be in our rearview mirror right now if we had just listened to those advisors. So that's a pretty stark example to me about how narrow masculinity has made this pandemic worse and more dangerous. This, to some extent, the is- this issue of narrow masculinity affects every male-identified person, no matter what side of the political aisle, no matter where they're born or to whom. It is just paramount to remember that this is a, this is a prevalent issue for, for all men and male-identified humans. And I would also just add that it's, it's prevalent for everyone. It's prevalent for literally everyone. Yeah, that's Similar true. to women's issues of inequality and perhaps whether that's economic, social, political, it's not just a women's issue, it's it's a men's issue. And on the, the reverse of that, narrow masculinity affects women, it affects non-binary people, it affects everyone because it forces people into boxes and makes people feel like they have to act a certain way that may not be true to themselves. So, um, in the male-identified community, there seems um, impression that toxic masculinity or narrow masculinity is a divisive issue. Um, when I was first introduced to this term, I was it was a couple years back at summer camp, and I... I was not really informed as to what it was, and neither were the people that were teaching me about what toxic masculinity was. Um, I think my first experience, uh, I was just in my cabin, I think I was working out without a shirt, and somebody came up to me and was like, hey, that's toxic masculinity, you can't do that. Or later, I didn't want to get my nails painted, and... I think someone was like, hey, that's toxically masculine that you don't want to get your nails painted. And I was confused. I was like, that is absolutely stupid. Um, And I was just totally turned off to this idea of whatever toxic masculinity was. Um, I, I was under the conception that society didn't want me to be a man. It wanted me to be more feminine. And I didn't understand that it really has nothing to do with any of that. It's it's really just about real toxic traits in male-identified people that 
mo- it's it's more emotional based, and I I never really understood that. I thought it was just like, oh, I I can't love s- like sports or wings. I don't know, but it it was really until I. It wasn't until I... You do love wings. I do love wings. <laughs> I do I love like, sports. I thought you meant like wings for flying. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I was, now I get it. Like, I was you, trying to think what's a very... Wings. Yeah, what's like a very stereotypically male Vitos. thing. Vitos. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't until Boys to Men where uh, they came to my school and I, I learned, oh, this is what it is. This is absolutely true. Every male... Every person, especially male-identified people, need need a source to talk about their emotions, how they're feeling. They have to mm-hmm. not keep these emotions ba- uh, bottled up. Yeah, it really only and, is a a detriment to these people. To to it is a detriment to everybody when some some someone can't talk about their emotions, mm-hmm. whether that's a single person or or an entire half of the population when one can't talk about their emotions it is a detriment to all everybody thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the main boys to men youth podcast uh make sure to tune in next time have a great day make sure to have great conversations and check out our website bye 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 Thank you so much for listening to the Youth Take. To support more conversations like these, please consider giving $5 at mainboystomen.org.